0: I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nurse I'm not an the operating in theory I'm not, I'm not a fireman running into a building when, so I'm not a hero yeah? I'm an athlete and I'm an extremely good one I'm one of the best ever I'm, If I'm the world champion and I want to be world champion and be proud to be world champion I will beat whoever's put in front of me So that's what I went out and did How I, I'm a complete contradiction in what I do yeah? My hands are low but sometimes my hands are up. I am an attacking counterpuncher, mm. <laughs> which is a complete contradictory. But at that time, I wasn't aggressive enough yeah. to punish him for the mistakes he would make in. Um, that fight taught me what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then I went forward and knocked the next 15 people out. Ooh. It's understanding that science, which fighters have got wrong. They're dropping weight, they've done that slightly wrong, but the rehydration part, they've got that wrong. And when he got in the ring, for two, two and a half rounds, he actually smashed his kid. And then he just went, boom. I knew they'd had the big drum roll with him. And they were pushing him. And I just went, I'll box him. I'll beat him. And, he'd, and Frank just looked at me and went, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Fight never happened. You walked in that gym, if you didn't bumping into someone who was at least a british champion you were very unlucky you're in the wrong gym (laughs) you were you were extremely unlucky i don't particularly hate the man Mm. yeah but what he's done is horrible and distasteful and it's it's wrong
1: bradford is known as a tough city did you have any kind of gangsters and bad boys trying to latch onto you to, to do their dirty work
0: I end it there. You do your job, I do my job. My job gets more recognition than yours, but I'm brilliant at what I do. But at the same time, it's just a job.
2: So today we're doing the life story of Junior Witter. We've got the three J's in the room Junior, Jamie Boyle, and Jen. And Junior was the nemesis of the boxer. Ricky Hatton, but he did not dare uh, risk stepping up to the plate, did he, Jamie?
1: Yeah, do you know, do you know it's an interesting story. Uh, ten, ten years that fight was spoken of. The British public demanded it and it just never, you know, when they, when they were both coming through, Ricky was a WBU champion, Junior was a British Commonwealth European. Ricky was saying, you know, he hasn't brought nothing to the table. And then, when they were both world champions, Ricky was IBF and um, WBA. And then, WBA? <coughs> right no, it wasn't. It was it's IBF right. against Kostya Zou and then yeah, it WBA against Mauser. So, in this time, Junior had um, won the WBC, which was vacant from Floyd Money, Floyd Money Mayweather. Yes, Floyd. Uh, so, you know, I didn't know what he had to do to get the fight and um, us British pain public never got to see it but it's a crying shame it really really is
2: so I'm from Widnes then I know what it was like growing up in the north and I ended up yeah. in America though, and you you said you're from Bradford yeah so what what was that like for you growing up in Bradford
0: um it's funny because it was obviously it's very multicultural um and it changed it obviously it changed over years but like when I was younger um I was in a predominantly Asian area um, the black community within Bradford was extremely sp- sp- spread out, really well. That was really intermingled. Um, but yeah, we there was some um, there were some times when you stood there, and you thought, yeah, it's getting it's getting touchy tonight. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, <clears throat> obviously, I'm going to be doing Nick Manners' book at the minute, and a lot of the things that he's told me. Because obviously Nick's from West Yorkshire, you're from South Yorkshire. So Nick's grown up as this, you know, young black kid. Yes, Bradford is multicultural, a, lot of, a huge Asian pop- population. But did you suffer a lot of things yourself, like racism from like?
0: Um yeah. Um. Well, I grew up in Bradford, which is West Yorkshire, next to Leeds. Um, and like Nick's just that little, he's that like little bit older than me, and. I just felt they got it that little bit harder than I did. Like, my parents got it really hard when they came over. Because that was a generation before, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, like my mum came over early, late 60s. Um, no blacks, no dogs. No Irish. No Irish. They went through all that torture. Um, but my dad got, got through, found a job, worked in steelworks, whatever, um, buildings, did all sorts. But then days, you walked out of a job in an afternoon, you walked into the next one the next morning. And he did that a few times, just through the wrists And there, there, he suffered. Was it a happy, happy childhood in Bradford then? Uh, pretty much what for me. Because um, like my mum and dad were on, on the nightclub at times, social club. So we were not rich, but we were, mm. we were decent off. We, we weren't on the poor side. So by the time I came through, because um, my brothers were a couple years older than me, about five years old than me. I I had my own stuff. Mm. Um I won't hand me downs anymore, and my brothers were. Well. Um I had my own stuff and therefore I had a bit more than most kids in my area. Mm. Um But we got on, we mingled, we did, did whatever. Um yeah, there was there was bits where I looked at it and I thought. I remember one time we were walking through a park and we're me and my mate Pete and we Peter, we were walking down. We'd been through park, we were walking down because we went to church because we were big church growers. So we were coming back from church and these three lads started to pick on us. And I'd say they were probably, one of them were probably four or five years older than me. And they just saw us two and they thought, right, they're having it. Mm. Um, and we managed to get away. But they chased. Yeah, well, we ran off. <clears throat> um, I think the chase is for about a mile. Hmm.
1: So, what what was the point in your life, young junior, where you thought, do you know what? I'm going to walk into a boxing gym and I'm going to
0: learn to fight. Um, what it was for me, I had a friend at school and he boxed. Um, I think I'm, I'm 10, 11. And he boxed and he talks about it. And I just went, wait a minute you get in fights, hmm. you beat people up <laughs> and you don't get in trouble. And I just went, I want some of that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how, old, how, old, how old was this? I was about 11. Yeah, hmm. I was 11. Because um, I'd been in trouble in school. I had loads of fights. Hmm. There were a kid who were in my year and he thought with a big, big, bad bully, his cock at the year, he's going to give it to everyone. And he came up to me to give it to me and I just slapped him down. Hmm. And... It didn't work out very well. Well, the fight didn't work out well for him, mm. but within the school year, because he was in the area where most of the kids were from, they all were on his side, so it was me versus the school.
3: So apart from obviously fighting in school, were there any other subjects that gripped you?
0: Um, the sport, obviously. Um, <laughs> Football. I, yeah, I love my football. I played cricket. Did all normal stuff in PE and stuff. Um, at that stage, I liked my maths. Which was weird. <laughs> hated English. <laughs> Absolutely hated English. Um Sciences I were alright, I like my sciences as well. Mm. So I like my science. Um I like my maths, but they were the only subjects that I really liked. Other stuff I'd sometimes pay attention to. <laughs> but most of the time not. But um like craft, woodwork and no, that oh I hated it. I love woodwork. I hate it. <laughs> we used to have a teacher called Mr Wood. And he was he's a big bloke, he was probably six foot um but you weren't like skinny with it. You would start with it. And you were an absolute bully.
3: What did he teach?
0: <laughs> woodwork. Woodwork. <laughs> woodwork. <laughs> ironic. Mr. Wood taught woodwork. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, when you've... Sorry, go on. No. So, with him, um, he were a bully. Um, I remember one of times, he grabbed one of the lads for doing something minor wrong. And he picked him up and he shook him like a doll and he slammed him down on the seat. And I'm stood there looking at teaching. I'm just stood there thinking, if he did that to me, he's getting that hammer in his head. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you. But he got reported for it. Mm. But they didn't do anything. Um, I think he got a slap on the wrist. And I just thought, I don't get it. Because there's there's punishment and there's going too far and that was way too far. Um, But yeah, he didn't like me me either. Um, But he never actually grabbed me. He Never grabbed me, never held me. It hit. I'd seen him hit another lass on a a, a, a little piece of before, smack on top of her head for not doing something wrong. Is this back back when it was Canings? Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
1: Back when it was Canings?
3: Yeah, really?
0: Yeah, you know about
2: Canings, Jen? Yeah, it
0: was was, was really old in
1: 87. I don't look that old,
0: no, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I was, but that even when that finished, even when Canings had just been banned because I remember when that happened. It didn't, I'd seen him do it then. Mm. Um, Have you ever been canes?
1: No, on I've a, been a threatened boxer. a few
0: times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, <clears throat> away from away from the school, you went into boxing. Were you a natural? Bradford yeah. Police Boxing Gym?
0: Uh, yeah, I was a natural. Because um, what happened to me, how it started was, so when my friend told me about it, and I went, okay, and he went, I went, where do you go? And he went, oh, this gym in town is too far for you to go. You can't go, you can't go. And I just thought, well, oh, town's a bit far for me anyway. And he went. Oh, we've got Bradford Championships starting up. They've started. You can go along to them up at Broadway School. And I thought, okay. I went. When is it? I went Friday, six o'clock or whatever it was. Went along, and I trained every Friday for four weeks. There was six weeks course. I only did four because I, when I started late, did the four weeks, then box at Bradford Championships. So I'd done four sessions over four weeks. Mm. Boxed in first round, stopped a kid. Boxed in second round, got beat by a kid who'd been boxing four years at time. I called Jason Joseph, mm. um, and I know Jason. I've boxed him loads of times actually. After that, but that's how I got into it. Did that, then because that finished, there was no boxing there at the Roseway School anymore. So I had probably six months out. Then found Bradford the Police Boys gym, which was about half a mile from my, where I lived at time. Mm. Uh, walked into there, and that was history. That was it.
1: So, am I right in saying you represented England? You won national titles?
0: Yeah. Um, I captained England schools. So, I boxed for England schools and captained I think I boxed for England three times. But I captained their school amateur team. Uh, won a junior year a title. Boxed for England at 16. As a young England athlete, where I'm only the second person in history to do it, and the last, because after I did that, they said no, we don't want anybody else that young. Mm. The band they said you've got to be old. you've got to be 17, you've got to be an actual official senior to actually box for England. Now we don't like it. Um, that's a story as well. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that.
1: So do you know? Do you know what? Obviously, you were an accomplished amateur. You went on. Everyone really knows what you did, junior as a, as a professional. But I know a few stories on a few fighters who were very well-known, but they weren't back then, people like Ryan Rhodes. Yeah. So how many how many people from your amateur days can you say, right, a box team, box that people go, wow,
0: never knew that? Um, Ryan Rhodes, hmm. Dean Francis. Um, Sadly past now. Yeah. There's loads who've become and done something. But I run about it on the way down here with um, Aaron partner, uh, business partner, about the weights. Because I boxed Dean Francis at the, for the Junior Bay title at welterweight, 10 stone 7. He was a super welterweight and went up to, like, heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the people I boxed when I ran back, because I boxed at 10 stones as an amateur, 10 7 is when I was, like, 16. And as a pro, I boxed at 10 stone. mm mm-hmm at 32 when I went world title, so 16 years later, mm-hmm. I'm half stone lighter, and everybody I boxed is at least 12 or 12 and a half stone, and some are cruiserweights, so I'm like, I actually held the weight pretty well coming through, mm. different now, I've retired. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> obviously,
1: what, what made you think, you know what, I've done this amateur boxing, I've won titles, I've boxed for England, where, where did the thought come to think, do you know what, I'm going to get paid for getting punched in the face?
0: I prefer to punch people in the face. How yeah. about giving? Yeah. yeah. I saw I see boxing like Christmas. Yeah. So I'm about the giving him of presents. Yeah. <laughs> I give bunches of fibres out to people all the time. Yeah. And I know I don't want nothing in return. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I think I won Junior title when I was sixteen and people were mentioning it then. And I thought about it and I thought, yeah, I'm gonna I probably will go pro. I don't know how far I'll get, but I'll win a British title that was that was my goal when I turned pro mm. I want to win a British title mm-hmm. I'm good enough to win a British title I don't know about the world scene because England team the England team wouldn't pick me mm. for stuff even though i have been to the national squads and beat some of the guys who were getting picked um, Can I
1: can I just ask who were the people in your place that were
0: getting picked? Um At time. Shane Neary? Yeah. I oh, yeah, cool. knocked Shane Neary out as well. So you beat him as well? knocked him out. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. So he went on to win a version of a world title, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he,
0: he, boxed, he boxed in Commonwealth, did really yeah. well. So he was an accomplished amateur. I'd have to look at my record. There's mm. too many.
1: Peter Richardson from Middlesbrough? Was he Ramjoe Um, Very Yes. Yeah, I remember the name.
0: Because um, he was always the number one. He went to the Commonwealth, he went the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's a few who. <clears throat> There's a couple of people I went, I went, I remember going down, I went down to one of squad trainings and we're doing all stuff What we're doing, so we've got running, jumping, sprinting and they were all a little bit taller than me because I'm like 5'7", they're all like 5'9", five 5'11", five mm. and they beat me at sprints mm. and they beat me on this particular exercise and that particular exercise. But every time I got in the ring, I beat them up mm. and then they turned around and said, yeah, you're not big enough. Um, And at the time, they had a thing where Olympics were coming around when they were 18, and I'd been at squad training just before that, and they turned around and said to me, we don't pick anyone till you're 20, because you're not mature enough to handle it. Yeah, but the Cubans and the Russians and the Americans are winning titles at 17, 18, 19. No, yeah, but that's then the different lifestyle. We're not picking anyone till you're 20. Mm. No matter how good you are, no matter who you're beating... Cause I remember I was there with Naz, so me and Naz same age. He's a little bit older than me, um, but we were both eighteen at the same time when the Olympics came around, and they turned around and gave it. You're not, you two are not getting picked because you're not old enough. Never mind the fact that everybody you've picked, Naz has beat.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah, everybody on your squad right now, Naz has beaten. None of them are going to get. He's not going to get picked because he's not old enough. Mm. And same with me. He says same with you. You're just not old enough yet. But I'm better than the people you're picking, and I can beat the. Pe- yeah, he can sprint better than me. He can swim better than mixed cat swim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he can do. Yeah, he can. He can roll on the floor better than I can, or whatever exercise you want to. But I'll get him in the ring, and I beat him. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like my style either because I'm flashy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't stand. I didn't go too forward, two They as- yeah. Used to like hands up, move forward, move back, move forward. And it's like, yeah, but I take that. I destroy that style in the ring. Mm-hmm. I don't box like that. Mm. Um, you you really, picked.
1: obviously, you and
0: uh,
1: all the all the Brendan Ingle fighters really depended on the reactions. Hands down, uh, certain only a certain few could have got away with it. So you know, when you look at your, your the Brendan Ingle conveyor belt, yourself, Nas, Ryan Rhodes, Asian Pickering, Johnny Nelson, Hellboy Graham Kel Brook, Kid Galahad. I dare say it right. I mean, do you know what? Often people describe you as limbo dancers. Once you've seen one, you've seen, you've seen a lot of you. But very, you're very hard to beat. And how do you train for someone with hands down, Southport, Orthodox?
0: <laughs> we're completely different. Mm. If you look at Naz, yeah, you look at Bomber Graham, you look at me, mm-hmm. and you were, you, were trying to, you were trying to devise a tactic to beat either, either one of us, none of them would be the same. We're all completely different to Johnny. Because yeah, Johnny's the most offensive... Johnny of, Nelson, for people who don't yeah, know. Yeah. Johnny Nelson, he's, he's the most offensive person out of all of us. Mm. Yeah, He doesn't attack very much. He's, he was very good at having a strong defence within, within the style of what we do. Kelbrooks Brook's nothing like Naz. He's nothing like me. Mm. Yeah? He's front foot, isn't he? Yeah, he's front foot. He's, he's, it's not that, but his style, he doesn't switch. So what would you say your style is? I am an attacking counterpuncher. Mm. Which is a complete contradiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's how I'm, I'm a complete contradiction in what I do. Yeah, my hands are low, but sometimes my hands are up. Mm. Yeah, most of the time my hands aren't that low, but I will drop them. I did it when I boxed up Judah. I sat on the ropes, well, it pushed me, got me back to the ropes, and the first thing I did is drop my hands. And he threw three shots slips, slip, slip, padded around, moved around him, and moved off. But at that time, I wasn't aggressive enough yeah. to. Punish him for the mistakes he was making. Um, that fight taught me what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then I went forward and knocked the next 15 people out. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> for
1: people who don't know, Zab Judah was really a future Hall of Famer. Fought Floyd Mayweather, fought Amir Khan. Uh, basically won several titles. But Junior took that fight. He hadn't even fought for a British title. And you took it on nine days' notice. Wow.
0: Well, Nine days notice against the against the number one in the world, pound for pound best in the world. So how do you train in nine days? You don't. <laughs> you don't. Just get your weight right. It's all. And then nine days, all I did was get me weight so I'd make the weight, make mm-hmm. the weight in. There's no point of tactics. Yeah, we talk tactics, but realistically, I'm not planning. You can't prepare in nine days mm. to box an elite fighter if you're not, mm-hmm. which I was. Is I was in good shape. I was ready. I was. I wasn't. I was probably about nine, ten pound off my weight. So I dropped that weight, and that's what I concentrated on doing within them days, making the weight. Once I made the weight, so that's the day before. Then I'm thinking about right this tactic or that tactic. So you've got to lose nine
3: stone in Nine, uh, nine
0: oh, pound. Nine pounds. I was gonna say nine stone, sorry. <laughs> Woo! Well, <laughs> have my
3: morning coffee, I promise. Um, blonde, blonde, but, moment. Yeah, <laughs> blonde moment. Yeah. Blonde moment. But um yeah, so you have to lose nine pounds. How do you do that? Is um, it wasn't well, it.
0: it's it, It's eating very little. Um drinking drinking the right foods at the right time. It's eating and drinking and basically no carbs. It's to an extent, it's very much no carbs um, and very little food um, it's not pleasant it wasn't nice I struggled through it but I did it and then once I'd done that I rehydrated properly and the thing with people people get wrong about boxing is not the fact of the weight you lose it's weight, the way you lose it mm-hmm. and do you hydrate properly after you've done that and that's what people get wrong because after you've after you've weighed in you've got basically 24 hours for a title fight uh, I think it works out 36 drink. hours really doesn't did, did, it yeah, yeah but yeah. you've got minimum a day yeah. within that you've got to drink plenty and you've got to drink it the right amount and the right food before you have food after you've had food and it's understanding that science which fighters have got wrong and if you look at people like Paul Ingle the Wait way he got it you. wrong um, so the fighters who've been badly injured in general not all of them It's mainly because they've got the rehydration part wrong of the diet. So the diet before, the dropping weight, they've done that slightly wrong. But the rehydration part, they've got that wrong. I had a fighter. Well, I had a fighter. Ingo's had a fighter. um, And he dropped his weight right. He did everything right. Weighed in. And then the part between weighing in and getting in the ring... He just went. He was told exactly what to do, how much to drink, when to drink, what to eat, how long, and he just went. Yeah, I'm not bothered with that. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna sleep through this. I'm not gonna. Instead of getting up and having his breakfast, he slept, and he got up at midday, Mm. and then his breakfast. Then for his lunch, he ate half the food he was supposed to eat, and he had a bit to drink, and he did everything wrong in the 24 hours between weighing in. Well, 24, 36, whatever it is, between getting in the ring, and when he got in the ring, for two. Two and a half rounds, he actually smashed his kid, and then he just went boom. Collapsed. Then, 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 then that energy level just dropped completely, and he stayed in the fight, stayed in the ring, and then, in, I think, in the in the tenth round of a ten rounder, last half minute, last minute, he got knocked out. Now the fight had gone the distance; he'd have lost the fighting points because he didn't have the energy to fight. Mm. But if he rehydrated himself properly and done that bit right, he'd have had the energy. Throughout the whole fight,
3: and how common is
0: that? Uh,
3: too common. Mm. Was it
2: trial and error for you in the beginning? Did you ever miscalculate when you were learning? The-
0: oh, I've miscalculated a few times, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, one of my fights, I boxed a kid from Dewsbury called Steve Conway. Mm. Um, we boxed over in Ireland. We took that fight at on the Wednesday, boxed on the Saturday. So I had a lot of short notice fights. Mm. So, boxed on, did, made the weight, weighed in, because I had to check with it straight away on the Wednesday. We had to wait in for the fight, and weighed in, and I I normally eat probably four or five hours before a fight. And I got to the venue where we are having some food, because we, we were just one uh, at pubs, went for something to eat there, and they didn't have exactly what I wanted, which was the first problem. Then I got there, ordered the food... The food took an hour. Oh. <laughs> Hate it when that happens. Yes. Yeah. Someone's sabotaging was- you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I ate, and then I ate too much of the wrong stuff because I, I was overconfident. I was overconfident. So I ate the wrong foods. I ate too much of it. I finished. I laid, I went back to the hotel room, sat down and I just went, uh, I don't want to move. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to move. Yeah. Yeah, you boxed in two hours. Hurry up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, gets ready, gets to the venue, gets warm-up. The warm-up doesn't go well. Um well, I'm boxing, I'm performing, I'm topping the bill. I mean, we're in Belfast, and I think it was Belfast. It might have been... Anyway, uh, it was Belfast. It's definitely Ireland. Box. And I get out, and because everything's gone wrong, my timing's gone, my distance has gone, everything's off. Power's still there, um, but I don't perform at the level. I get caught with more shots than I should have get, I got caught with. But then, all together, just came together just for that bit, got a few shots together, um, hurt him. I think, he injured, I think he injured his shoulder at the same time, and the fight got stopped. So I was going to stop him anyway, but I wanted him to come out to actually take a proper a proper shot. And I thought, right, I've finally got everything together now. I've half clipped him a couple of times. I know I've hurt him. I'm gonna stop him. Do you remember it?
3: who you were fighting?
0: Uh Stephen Conway. Yeah, Stephen
1: Conway. So Junior, <clears throat> before before you went over to the the pro ranks, obviously you by now you're in the papers reputation bit of a fight there. Bradford is known as a tough city. Did you have any kind of gangsters and bad boys trying to latch onto you to, to do their dirty work?
0: No, um, I was lucky mm. um, because Bradford is a tough, tough place. Uh, it's, isn't it? it's got its rough spots. Mm. It's got its rough spots, and especially at that time. But my mum and dad ran run the nightclub, mm. and we we'll play a lot of reggae music. It's known as Black Black Club, but. The clientele in my dad's club was extremely mixed. Mm. We had white people, we had black people, Chinese people, Polish people. Um, it was very diverse. And the older, the older communities got on with mum and dad. So whenever I stepped slightly out, yeah, you're allowed on this street, you're not allowed on that street, I'd turn on that street. with kids still, you go, yeah, I've got to go down here. Someone see me. And someone I wouldn't know. And I'd come home, I'd be fine, yeah, yeah. yeah. Next day, you're on so and so street. What? How do you know that? Because someone's seen you. So every time I went slightly out of bounds, because my parents in. were well-known and I looked like my dad a lot, people could see my dad in me, they'd tell my dad to see me. And it was like, every time I stepped anywhere I wasn't supposed to go, I got caught. And it just helped rein me in. So it wasn't worth doing anything. Um, it was just one of those. Am I was, I'm right in saying Bradford's quite got a bad... Drug problem, or did have, years ago? It's been up and down with drugs. Um, when I was younger, apparently there were a load of coke about, which I knew nothing about. So you were never tempted? But, but when ease and pill, because they were everywhere. Yeah? Yeah. Everyone was doing... I know friends who did magic mushrooms and mm. ease and tablets and the rest of it, and it's like, I'm not doing it because I'm boxing. Mm. And it kept me away from it, and it really did. And I had friends, and it's like... I owe you a fiver. I'll give you this. It's worth a tenner. Not interested.
2: This is what I'm curious about you because it's such a unique story. What do you credit giving you that discipline and focus at such a young
3: age? Was it your parents?
0: Um, Parents. Boxing. Boxing were brilliant. Uh, My old friend, Alec Allen, who was an old school teacher, Mm -hmm. and he always said, one of these things was, if you say you're going to do it, do it. Even if it puts you out, you said you're going to go do it, go do it. Uh, And it was like, it kind of like, it stuck with me, um, I'd, I, my mean, mum and dad were brilliant, in respect of, being, being right, by what you've said, um, what happened with them, so, of course my mum, of course my dad, and it was just like, I had that, that structure, being involved with boxing, was just brilliant, because then, because when I got him over the boxing, i turn up on a Wednesday night, and be like, yeah we've got a fight for you, tomorrow night, and they'd be like, turn up at 6 o'clock, we're going. I'd turn up. We went to Hull, or we got, go to Rotherham, or we got go to Sheffield. I wouldn't know. And I wouldn't care. Like, 6 o'clock, I'd be here, we're setting off, we're going, going to a fight. Bam, that were it. And I just wanted to keep that going. It was like, if I get involved with the drugs... Cause, and smoking and doing anything like that, it's going to take it away from my ability to fight. What
2: about just going out like nightclubs like lads do, you know, pick, you know, hitting on girls and stuff like that? Wasn't you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: of
0: course you did, then <laughs> yeah. 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 I was going to cool.
3: ask, being at your parents' own a nightclub, did they get any trouble during that era? Um,
0: yeah, mum and dad did. Um, I, I was very sheltered within that respect. Everything was kept away from me. And I think that was because of, bo- of the boxing. Because my brothers knew more. They, would, oh yeah, they were four or five years older than me. Um, but they could see more. Whereas I, naive, very naive. And I was kept naive to a lot of stuff that was happening. Well, um, yeah, I've helped my own club when I got into my teens and stuff. And I'd done some bar work. And I don't mind. I didn't, That were all right. Um, but going out, socialising, chasing girls. Yeah, I did plenty of it. Yeah. Did
2: you so, have a regular girlfriend, or did you? Use... Um,
0: I did after
1: after a while. Yeah. So, how, how did the young junior you witter cope with when you're 17, you're 18, you're 19, and all your mates are saying, "Right, we're Let's going go out. To, yeah, we're going to club, M, we're going to all these nightclubs." Have this. Were you ever tempted, or did
0: you just think, "No, I'm going to be a world champion. I'm going to be a British champion." I didn't actually think. Um, I was. I didn't particularly. I just thought, "No, I'm going to. I'm boxing." And if I start taking drugs, I won't be able to box. And it just stopped me in my tracks. What were
1: you like with alcohol? Um,
0: I wasn't bothered. I I drink. I'm not saying I didn't drink, because I went out and had a drink. Mm. um, Especially, like, Saturday nights, Friday nights, Saturday nights. But I wasn't... It wasn't be-all and end-all. I would have a drink, and I like to drink, but I wouldn't. it wasn't be-all and end-all. And when I, when I turned pro... that's when things changed because at that point I went, if I'm going to be a professional athlete, I can't go out and get pissed all the time. So that's when he just went, boom, not drinking. And he just started cutting down, cutting down, cutting down. So that
1: was The next (laughs) next question was, so you're going to go pro. You think, right, I'm going to get paid. How did that famous, well-famous Inglebank gym come into your life? You've seen all the stars, you know, Nassim Ahmed, Ryan Rhodes, you know, all over Sky Sports
0: for many, many years. How did you end up there? Um, it was always somewhere that was appealing to me. I remember Ryan. First time I saw Ryan, I think Ryan, Ryan, Rhodes. Ryan Rhodes. He was probably, oh, God, i say I was 15, so about 11, 12. And he was a little short kid, massive shoulders on him, big puncher, yeah. And he boxed this kid from my gym, who was tall, like a beanpole. No muscle on him whatsoever, but really long arms, really hot And Ryan was trying to switch mm. and you know, just do the Ingle style. And he was useless. Mm. He was just useless like, yeah. it, just, just, I just looked at him and I just thought, he's rubbish. Because I knew Naz. We all knew Naz coming through. Same as me. Um, I'd seen Naz a couple of times. He'd been on, like, News and Calendar and look North. Mm. So when you we knew now. But I looked at Ryan and I just thought, he's never gonna get that. Mm. He's just, pff, pathetic. Mm. Yeah. He, he knocked this kid out from my gym, by the way. Yeah, because he's a big puncher. But he's, when he did catch him, I went, mean, he's a massive he's a fighter. He's mm. not he's not a he's not a, yeah. a boxer, he's a fighter. Forward four or five years later No, naturally, forward it's probably seven years later. Ryan's eighteen, I'm 24, 22. fight comes up, me and Ryan Rhodes. Ryan's is now Ryan's now a middleweight. He's coming down. I'm a well so i have like, yeah, just push up a little bit. It'll be about 10-10. Yeah. I went, he's never going to make 10 stone 10. Officially, he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, got in, I boxed him. And the first thing he did, he'd done with me with a shot, hit me with a shot, and I just went... I feel like that big mm. because that's what it if proper done with me three times in a row. Mm-hmm. Would you say that was your most challenging fight? No. No, definitely not. But it was challenging. So I had that. By end of the round, I got myself together. Second round went out, got on top of him. Third round went out and smashed him at pieces. So first round, he smashed me. Second round, I just won in my eyes and by a lot of people's eyes. Third round, I smashed him. Fight result, he got the he got the nod. He got the win. Um, I was furious. My trainer were furious. I said, right, we're going to have a rematch. Right, we're going to... And Brennan went, yeah, okay, we'll do the rematch. Uh, we've got a show in three week. Next week he turned pro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I've got to give him credit because like a couple of years, two years later, I think. Actually, I might have been 20 at the time. Because t- something like that. But two years later, I turn pro and I walk into the Ingle gym. And I go, see Ryan. And I went, right, okay. We're having body and let's go. And we get in, I thought, I know what I did to you. Yeah. yeah. But the reason I went to that gym was what i seen happen with Ryan. And I just thought, if Brendan can do that with that kid and make him on my level, what's he going to do with me? Mm-hmm. And I thought, that drew me there. And plus... Alec Allen, my old trainer, was a very good friend of Brendan's. Mm. God rest their souls. Four um, years a day past Brendan. Yeah. And Alec, 2010. Um, but he went, if you're going to go pro, go with Brendan. Because he looks after his fighters. Mm. Um, it's not just about the money, but he will make you money. Um, go with Brendan. So I walked into the gym. I knew John and John Ingle from Amity's. I didn't know Dominic. Um, I'd seen a couple of fighters. Um, what, what,
1: what year was this? Was, was this when Nassim Ahmed was there? Oh
0: 96. This right. is when Naz was world so,
1: champion. So Naz left in 98? Yeah. So Naz was there. It was, <clears throat> it was the height of his Rasmus has. Even people who didn't like boxing. Nana's, Nanas knew who Prince Nassim Ahmed was. What was he really like inside training on a daily basis? <laughs> Stories, please. Um,
0: Naz was hard work. It was very hard work in the gym. Um, but yeah, I went in, and, and I think my partner at the time says, The first thing you said when you came home was, Naz shows Brendan no respect in the gym. Really? That's the first thing you actually said to me. And I just went, He says, That was the first thing you said about the whole training thing. Right, well, and I just went, Yeah, he didn't at that stage. He um, was world champion, he was flying. Everybody was giving Nas everything. Mm-hmm. and Sponsored by Adidas, everything, yeah, wasn't it? Everything, was, everything was flourishing in that respect. But I just thought, when I walked in, Jimmy didn't give it to Brendan any respect. How
3: so?
0: Just the way I talked to him, what he said, what was happening. That ain't happening, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And like you can say, I want to do this, I want to do that. Yeah. Are we doing this, are we doing that? In a respectful way, Nas mm-hmm. didn't. And I just... I just found it hard to actually swallow. Um, yeah, it didn't... Naz, because I knew Naz in amateurs. We went to, tra- we went to England mm. together and scored to training. How good was he? Brilliant. He was absolutely unbelievable. Um, the right fighters would always, be, always beat him. But at that weight, the power he generated, at featherweight, he was unbeatable. Um, so you were... Let me think... Three weights above Nas.
1: Yeah. Did he ever hurt you?
0: No, he never hurt me. He's caught me with loads. Mm. Um, and realistically, at that time, he was walking around the same weight as me. Was he? Yeah, he was walking around ten and a half, eleven stone. Um, comfort and be happy with that. That's mm. where we were happy at. But he got down. He made weight. He always got down to weight. I sparred him. I sparred him within that in that time frame. Spied him quite a lot of times. Mm. Um. He was, he was special. Mm. That's but he could have been what great.
1: Pickering said to me, he said, he said, I've watched him in training, and he was mind blowing. Never mind what you're seeing on telly. He said, what he did in the gym every day, he said, it was an experience to watch. So what prevented
0: him from being great? Ego. It's, it, it's funny. It's funny. It's ego made him, and ego stopped him getting there. Breaking. because the ego made his character. But his problem was, he became his persona. Instead of remembering that that's the persona you have to fight, that's what you do for a fight. So that's, you need a switch to knock on that. This is real life, this is my boxing life. And it all is blurred into one.
3: Moral of, moral of the story, stay grounded. Yeah. yeah.
2: How did you stay grounded? Because you
0: accomplished so much from such a young age. Um, I think it was just, it was just good people around me. Um, I've been in long-term relationships. I've just, I've just managed to, yeah, stay grounded. I'm not. I was going to say you're right, Big Eddie didn't mean. and I went, that's because I'm good. I'm very good. Yeah, it's not because it's just it's the front. It's because I am that good, and I believe what I'm saying. Um, but at the same time, what I do is not saving someone's life. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not an operating theory. I'm not I'm not a fireman running into a building when and the lives matter. Yeah, and I just think, I'm not one of the main services. I'm not a hero, yeah? I'm an athlete and I'm an extremely good one. I'm one of the best ever. But that's all I am.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah? I, end of the day, you do your job, I do my job. My job gets more recognition than yours, but I'm brilliant at what I do. But at the same time, it's just a job.
3: Can I squash a myth or fact today? Yeah. Do you have to give up sex before a fight? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Sorry>. Squash it. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. Um, do people do it? Yes, they do.
3: To make you more, have yeah, more the, testosterone um, and...
0: There's people do it say it gives you more testosterone, gives you more fight. And I understand that. But we are talking minute per- percentage, and it depends on the person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, see, I, I know fighters who, <coughs> well, are world well champion now. I won't name him, but he said only four weeks. No, so none of this twelve-week camp. He said it's just the last four
0: weeks. Um, mm. it all varies. It all varies on who you are, how much sex drive you have, mm. and where you're actually at. Mm. Because it's like with me. With some of my, I'm like, I'm away for. I went see camps for me back then were a week. I go for a week before the fight no two weeks before fight i'll go away for a week before so the third week out i'll go out spend a week on camp come back be home for two weeks so that week i'll wear there's no sex Mm. come back that week depends if i'm actually if i see you yeah of course sometimes you don't and then week at fight definitely not then you perform
3: and also some of my boxing mates they used to go out on like a mad bender after the fight because they obviously been so yeah. restricted up until the fight yeah. they go on a bit of a wild one did you ever um not to that no no
0: but it's like straight after a fight i've always had that fight i, I train i thought, I straight after a fight all i want to do is have something to eat get some food yeah watch watch actually re rewatch what i've just done <laughs> yeah and that's all i want to do i don't i have been out times and been to after parties and like yeah okay Sometimes it's alright, but in general, like when I won a world title when I won my world title, we went we came back to the hotel, we watched the fights, we went to a twenty four hour American diner, got a burger and chips <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got burger and chips in between his face Ah in his face Yeah and a Coke um, and a cake after Went back Chilled chatted with chatted with my friends and, and that were it. I wasn't interested in going out and having a lot of alcohol. We used to have critical rewatching the fight, though. Extremely. <laughs> mm. I'm, I'm, I am my own worst critic in some, some stuff, and I real, I was really bad. I rewatched one of my fights when I won the European title, the EU title, not C- the EB, C- tell not, not, um, C- tell me. no, 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 not, the, not that one. Right. It was, um, oh, your was last some... time. No. Ch- 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 there was the EU and the EBU, because EBU yeah, was a yeah. proper one, Katelnik. The one before that, the smaller one. Mm. I can't remember the name of the kid I boxed. But I remember I wanted to go out and destroy this kid. I wanted to go out and absolutely destroy him. I wanted to land the one... Because we're in Manchester, mm. Ricky's Rick show, hometown. I want to go out and put performance on. I want to spark this kid with one punch. Mm. And I went out. And he what he did, because he spoke to my trainer after, he says, he he watched me and he realised that he wasn't going to win in his normal style. Mm. So he changed what he did to give a t- basically try and jump on me to have a, have a chance. And he's normally a boxer. And I thought, perfect. He's a boxer. I'm going to come out. I'm going to time it right. It's going to be great. I came out. He came out. and am completely opposite to what he normally does. Mm. My tactics here, out the window. Mm. Mm. Yeah? Game plan. Yeah. So I had to figure out. And within that time, I figured out and got my timing together. Got my timing together, caught him with the shot. And it did him, yeah. But it wasn't a good, clean knockout. He went back. He made it back to the corner, sat down. and He went, "I'm not coming out because he's got time timing. Now, I'm done, yeah." And he, and, he, and that were it. He pulled out, and I'm stood there. and I'm frustrated because I want to land a shot, yeah. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I wouldn't watch the fight back. And I, because I, I really was, I was upset with myself. And I thought, right now, I'm not, I'm not even going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Then a couple months later, I watched it. I Thought. I want that bad. I
2: want terrible. We've got three podcasts today, Jen. You're right to grab the Magic Mind drink. Two sex. How many's left?
3: The last one. What? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) We've got 30 podcasts to film over 17 days. I'm having
2: this one, Jen. No! (laughs) No. (laughs) So, how's Magic Mind helping you, Jen?
3: So since it is that lovely time of the month where women uh, get a bit grouchy, I've found it's helped me with the fatigue, the stress levels, the anxiety, the boost I needed to get me through this week of hell. Great. And why do you take Magic Mind?
2: Because it is natural and it just gives me that boost in the morning, sets me up for three podcasts in a day. So which ingredient helps you and why?
3: So I read up the ashwagandha reduces stress and anxiety and I found that really helped. Yeah. Fantastic.
2: So I'm going to recommend Magic Mind because so many people I know just ram that coffee down in the mornings. You can get your fix right here but with more natural ingredients. I have a 20% off code to show with you guys. It's...
3: Sean20. So it's S-H-A-U-N 20.
2: To use it, you can go to
3: www.magicminds.co forward slash sean s h a u n
2: and enter the code sean twenty at checkout. The best part is that they have a money back guarantee. If you get the subscription, it's a forty percent off. My forty percent off code only lasts ten days, so hurry up.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I never thought anything of it. And when I rewatched it last year, I looked it and I thought, "Ooh, that's." 10 times better than how I had it and managed it in my mind for all them years. It was the first better time you
1: watched it in all them years.
0: No, was want the first time I watched it, but the first time I I watched it was just just watched the fighting as a as a pundit. Just as someone sat down watching a boxing match. Sit down and watch the boxing match. Did that that were what that and I could see all the shots that actually broke him. And I could see him landing and I could see it happening. But at the time I didn't want I wanted that glorious finish. I wanted that big finish, that big KO, one big right hand or a left hook, whatever shot it was, to spark him out. I wanted to spark him out. Didn't happen. So, but it's, it's boxing.
1: <clears throat> obviously, me and you, uh, we're going to be doing the book literally next week now. <clears throat> I met you a couple of years ago, watch your fights. Now, let me tell you, and let me tell everyone else, this man is very different getting to know to how, how I thought he was on the screen. Do a, lot of, do a lot of people tell you that, Junior? Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people have come up to me and they've said, I can't believe you're doing Junior his book. He's a knob. And it's like <laughs> one guy, one guy said, the most, the most disliked fighter ever is doing a, do a, is getting his book written by the most hated author ever. Oh, <laughs> so, so we're a match made in heaven. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, uh, i got a friend. Yeah. Um, and he were, he were at college in Donny, doing um, photography. Yeah. And he went, he was doing a piece, so his final piece was, he was comparing Ricky Hatton and me, yeah? And he says, I want to do a piece on Rick, on both of you, but I've got to do, and he went, I've got loads of stuff from Ricky Hatton, mm. but I need, an, I need an in-depth picture with one of you for the, for the piece. And he went, I can't make it to Chef Manchester, so he's coming to Sheffield because mm-hmm. it's 10 minutes that, it's ten minutes on tram. And like, oh, cheeky sod. Mm-hmm. But he's coming, Jim, and we've got talking. And he expects me to be this really yeah. arrogant, horrible person. Mm-hmm. And he came in. and I went, all right, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm doing this college person. I went, all right, cool. We've got talking. Um, and he's like, he couldn't believe how the fact mm-hmm. I was just just me because i'm just me and he's like you're nothing like what i expected yeah and i mean sean and jen probably don't
1: appreciate what you're trying to say because junior was the guy who turned up after ricky hatton's fight press conferences saying stuff like i will destroy you (laughs) (laughs) So, so a lot of people are like obviously ricky hatton's like everyone's mate, he's had a pint with everyone, so everyone loved Ricky Hatton. So if Ricky Hatton was Luke Skywalker, this guy was Darth Vader, he was a badass. Do you know what I mean? But you yeah. played that part. You played
0: the Pantoman villain. I did, but it was the only role that was left for me. Mm. Because I couldn't be the good guy. Good two good guys don't it doesn't make. Yeah. They're not no one's interested. And he was number one, without a doubt. Yeah. No matter if you were a joke, I was Aggie, he played second fiddle to Ricky Hatton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So You had to fall into the body role. I, there was no other role for me, and that was the that was where I was pushed by Frank. Mm. And then Frank, made, he made that, he w- work against for for Ricky and against me. Um, but it's understanding everything while it's happening. I'm very naive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still very naive. I'm still learning, um, and I didn't realize how much detriment it was doing to my personality, my my persona. Mm-hmm. Um, I was selling him tickets, but it wasn't
1: doing you any good. Yeah.
0: Mm. So what What was the role of managers and agents and all that then? No agent. Your um, manager's role, realistically, is to work with your promoter, as in to get the best fights. Um, he's your friend. So your manager's your friend. Your agent, he... If, but I didn't have an agent. But an agent is the person who's going to really take on your... Because there was no social media either. Mm. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. All there was was the Sunday papers, mm-hmm. yeah, which Frank Warren wrote, wrote the articles for. So who's yeah. he bigging up? Mm-hmm. Who's he not bigging up? Me. I remember I boxed my 10th fight. I No, my 9th fight. I boxed, ninth tenth, I boxed a kid called Jan Bergman. Now, Jan, I boxed. I took this fight at two days' notice. <laughs> Again, three, it might have been three, it was three or four. It was three or four. Um, Jan Bergman he was six rounder. Jan Bergman was the IBF number three in the world. He had 35 fights, he one thirty four, won 34. He'd only lost to Costa Zoo, who was the official number two pound for pound fighter in a close fight. No, he lost, he was number one
1: in your division, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was number one, and it had. 28 knockouts mm. so his opponent pulled out failed his medical um, I think he failed the night test so he had to get redone so they offered me the fight two days notice there's your money which is my most money I've ever had and mm. uh, he says right you're going to get that six rounder I'm not bothered with six rounder I've done an eight rounder before mm. two days notice yeah you're boxing I if, officially when I asked John I went what's his record he went he's won a few He's knocked a few of them out. Those were his words to me. <laughs> yeah, he's had a few. He's not. He's knocked most of them out. Yeah, you'll be all right. Wow, you say your manager's your friend. Is he really your friend? <laughs> Come on, um, John wasn't. actually. John was a very. Um, your, job, your manager's job is to be a friend, mm. but what he did, but what he did was, he said, "You can box. You'll beat him. But for you, if you know too much knowledge, it might." put you off your game plan so sometimes they do hold back on all the information too many choices mm. yeah too many cooks spoil the broth so within that there is an element of yeah okay um but i i i i i'd figured out i'd heard his record i knew his record but i wasn't bothered where most fighters would have been nah, no, i'm not having it mm. forget that no chance are you mad yeah, this guy's only with three in the world. He's only lost to Costa Zoo. He's not twenty eight out. Yeah, what am I doing? I've had eight fights. I've officially got two draws. Yeah, and I've won six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the result of that? I beat my points. Right. Mm-hmm. I picked up the pieces.
1: So <clears throat> going back to the question before. So when was the first time you heard the name? And it wasn't Ricky Hatton. And it was Richard Hatton. So when was the first time? Remember Richard Hatton. Take me through it all.
0: Um. See, I'm. He boxed. A mate of mine. Sales West, wasn't it? Um, yeah, no. Listen, I'm thinking. I'm amateurs. And he boxed a friend of mine. So I'm thinking. Oh, I'd have been. Sid was probably about sixteen, sixteen, seventeen. Mm. So about twenty one at the time. And he boxed a friend. He boxed a friend of mine. Um, and he stopped my friend. Yeah. But he had a real good fight, and I, I rated him mate. Um, he was a good amateur good fighter good pro to be honest but he stopped Ricky stopped him mm. yeah and I think oh, mm. you must be good yeah. a couple years at that time he was a little bit lighter than me a couple, four years younger than me mm. so yeah so I was probably about 21 when I first heard his name but then the band the bandwagon in the amateurs was rolling yeah. with him yeah he was um, getting kids crying wasn't he yeah. It was like like he, he, he was a big puncher breaking ribs he was a big puncher he, he was a body puncher and in the amateurs there isn't many body punchers yeah. it's mainly head runners. it's three rounds it's a sprint yeah. yeah a lot of people go for the head very common body punchers are very uncommon mm-hmm. but Ricky did that um, which made him his style what, what worked for him mm-hmm. um, he had a really good shot at the body so yeah about 21 I heard and then decided on the England squad and he's like yeah he's going to box for England blah 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 and I just thought Okay, and yeah, I heard his name then, but I wasn't phased, bothered. I thought, that's not me. So you can do that to anybody else, you're not doing that to me. Same as when I boxed Jan Bergman. Mm. Yeah, I thought, yeah, you've done all that to everybody else, but no one's got my style. I switch more than any other fighter ever has. I could switch every other shot. Which is your most comfortable side? Orthodox. Okay. I'm naturally an orthodox. But I started switching on my own when about 14, 13, 14. Because the way my old trainer used to tra- used to teach us is we'd have a training room upstairs. And within the session, we spent half an hour in the training room and we go through the basic shots, jab, double jab, triple jab. And you go through the whole ABA manual, go- going through all shots, and did it all one year. Then went back next year and did it all again. Got to the third year and I just went, forget this, right? This is boring. Right, I'm, sitting- I'm doing it southpaw. And I just did it southpaw. And then from then, I just got better and better until I started taking it into sparring, from sparring to fights. And when I were on top, I was good with it. until it put me in pressure, went back to orthodox.
1: But yeah. Hmm. So Ricky Hatton. So obviously, you know, Ricky Hatton got hmm. famous, his fan base grew. And did you know, hang on a minute, I've got a nemesis. I've got a Ben Eubank Frotch groves this is the guy in my division and i need to put put it on him <laughs> was there something in your head in the early days where i thought i'm
0: going for this guy <clears throat> um i'll tell you what it was we went to i went to a show in manchester he was boxing mm. uh, there was him farnell and gomez mm-hmm. and gomez was the ticket seller back then when they first started it was all about michael gomez mm-hmm. yeah farnell was second mm-hmm. and ricky just was just tagging along with them yeah. He was a tag along at that point. Mm. Um, Years later, them two fell off and he came through. But I remember being through a scene in that show and he boxed. And I was stood with Frank Warren. And he was just, Frank Warren was like, Yeah. And I went, went, I'll box him. Because I was just looking to fight. Mm. And I want to get. And he had a bit of publicity behind him. And I knew that in the amateurs. well what did, what did he get um well number one or
1: uh he went over to I don't think he got number one but he was yeah. in Russia and they were calling him Little Tyson. So yeah. he had a spiky blonde hair. Yeah. Well, uh, so it, he won it... he won the ABAs in 97 when he was so I think he was 18. Mm. So that he literally I think he had one season then he he went pro. I think it, one of his first fights was on the the Nas Kevin Kelly
0: mm. in back
1: in yeah. the 97. So yeah. I'm he, won, sure
0: he... he won that fight but it was <coughs> another show but he boxed. I remember he boxed and I knew they'd had the big drum roll with him and they were pushing him and I just went, I'll box him. I'll beat him. And, and Frank just looked at me and went, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, Fight never happened.
1: No. And for 10 years it was spoken of. So, yeah. not that I want to put you on a spot or out. Not that we've got a forthcoming biography. <laughs> Jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> but, um But do you know what? Why in a very, very subtle, creepy way, sneaking around the houses, why didn't the fight happen? Whose uh, fault was it?
0: Ricky's. Why? 100% Ricky's. Because he could have... Because you said to me at one point time,
1: he wanted it.
0: Small, a little point. There was a very small, about a weak window. Okay. <laughs> um, but what happened is, as you're a massive star in boxing, you get to pull the strings as a fighter. Mm. and if you want to box someone which everybody in the country wants to fight it will happen mm. yeah and that fight had been talked about for years and he could have done it he could have made the fight and he turned around and he just went nah don't want it um, I know of, at times Frank didn't want it because it's money so I understand that his parents didn't want it because they didn't want him to get beat <laughs> and he didn't want it because he was scared of getting beat mm. but it's like now he's on about the, he's done an exhibition mm. He's got an exhibition coming up,
1: Marco Antonio Barrera. Marco July.
0: Antonio Barrera, his mate. Yeah. So, one minute, I'm coming back to, to to please all my fans, my millions of fans who've helped me out through years, have made me absolute millions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to put a show on for them. Yeah. The biggest rivalry that has, that's happened in British boxing. Yeah. I can make that fight happen still. Yeah. And it will sell. It will make money. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing that, I'm going to say I'm coming back. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a little exhibition with my friend, who's okay. been to fights who I've trained with. Yeah, we're gonna make millions between us. We're gonna give a small percentage to charity, which they will. And I'm, I'm glad they're giving some to charity, but it'll be a small percentage, and the rest of it's gonna go in our pockets. And it's me, and me, me, who, who I get on with. We've seen, and there's no. Oh, I can make the fight, which the, which public would love to see, yeah. and Even it will now- make. Right now, it'll still sell. Yeah, yeah, it'll sell out any venue. Boxes. Yeah. Um it'll be bigger than can- Canbrook. Yeah, because it's all been bigger than Canbrook, and it's still bigger than Canbrook. But I can make that happen. Nah, I'll 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 do that with me, because it's safe. It won't make me look stupid. It'll be nice and simple. Mm. And I look at Rick and Ricky's. Cause I've been to Ricky's gym. I've trained Rick, I train with Ricky. I I don't particularly hate the man. Mm. Yeah. But what he's done is horrible and distasteful, mm-hmm. and it's, it's wrong. Mm. Um, it's
1: robbed the British public yeah, of, of a fight. The biggest fight that never was, all day, and anyone who can quote me on this, tell me a bigger fight that's never happened than Rich, Ricky Hatton against Junior Witter, and I'll wait. Is that because he's, he's
2: scared of devaluing his brand if he loses?
3: It's his legacy. So you are willing to come out of retirement and fight Ricky Hatton? I'm,
0: I'm way overweight. I've not been <laughs> training. Yeah. Uh, the only reason I couldn't do it next week is because I couldn't make weight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But apart from that, so yeah, I need some time to get in shape, as in to make weight, mm. and that's all I do with that fight because I'm not worried about him as a fighter at all. Mm. Um, and would I do it? Yeah, of course I'd do it. Mm. And he knows I'd do it. There's been a couple of people who pro- approached me over the last two years from exhibitions started getting that bit of publicity. It? Yeah. They went, they went, "Would you do an exhibition?" I went, "What for?" Yeah, and they went, "Well, if I got someone," I went, "Who?" They went, "They've mentioned." I went, "I'm not interested." And they went, "Ricky," I went, "Yeah." Is he the only <laughs> one you'd Rick- you come back for? Oh, Mayweather, yeah. mega May- money. Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> realistically, yeah. Rick- it's Ricky, Ricky and Mayweather. i do then, mm. of course I would. Can I ask you how do you
1: think? how do you think Witter v. Hatton would have played out? Tell me how the fight
0: would have went. I think, would have come out, he'd have come at me, I'd have moved round. I'd have moved round. I'd have picked him off, I'd have picked him off, I'd have picked him off. Um, until... He was cut or something? Um, I think, if it was in the very early days... Mm, He suffered from cuts, didn't he? Yeah, because he suffered from cuts before his his eyebrows, I'd have cut him to ribbons. Mm. Um... If it was after he got his eyes done and he was in his peak as wouldn't say, yeah. I'd have knocked him out in probably four rounds. I yeah. wouldn't have gone past four. Confident. So three another, or four f- Another that,
1: fighter yeah. you were named. Well you weren't just named because you were official number one. Was the biggest star on the planet, Floyd Money Mayweather. So how
0: how did you get to number one? Tell <laughs> us the full story. Um a lot of time time traffic and beating everybody. Mm. Um I became number one in, twice in my career. Once for WBO. Who was the champion for then? Sab Judah. Okay. So that was the rematch. I was number one for a year. The fight never got made. Okay. Mm. It never seriously got talked about. It did actually once get talked about seriously, and they pulled some excuses. i going to another time uh, to make that fight get put back on the back shelf, and I went from number one to number three to number eleven mm. in their in WBO rankings. And I just went, it is what it is. You just, life's, life's not fair. Not fair by... And I think that philosophy, understanding life's not fair, you're going to get shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to get stuff which is not fair and you do not deserve. Deal with it and move on. Pick yourself up and get on with it. Yeah, you've been, yeah, you've been kicked when you're down. Get up and move on because everything else carries on if you don't.
3: Exactly that. So what is your
0: most challenging fight to date? Um, Vivian Harris. Um, definitely Vivian Harris, and by all accounts, my greatest performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was your first defense, was it? Second defense. Second
1: defense. So, so I really watched see. that. I watched that. Um, it's on my channel, actually. War Cry Publishing. So I watched that in detail the other week, and you were tremendous. But also, can I just say, vicious Vivian Harris. clues in the name. <laughs> this guy was a
0: monster. He was a monster, <laughs> four inch height, tall. six foot and five seven.
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: um, he had four inch reach on me. Yeah, four years younger. He was on a massive run. Um, former world champion. He lost to Carlos uh, Carlos, Carlos Mauser. Mauser in a bad performance. Yeah. Since then, he picked himself, up, got back on, and he was the most feared man. He should have boxed Ricky Hatton. For the WBA title. Mm-hmm. Vicky had moved Instead up of
1: Carlos Malza. Yeah.
0: No. Um but yeah. when he was champion. Yeah. He, he should have bo- he should've boxed Ricky, but Ricky moved up weight rather than take the fight. Mm-hmm. Um then came back down. Mm. So I boxed v- Vicious Vivian, so everybody was scared of him. He was the man in division that everybody was scared of. And my camp for that fight wasn't great. Just had a few mm-hmm. niggles. I'll go into it in my book. <laughs> um I had some serious injuries. Um, but I just got my head around what I had to do. Um, I'd found out last year, it's the one fight my man, and my trainer, Dominic, didn't want. Really? He didn't want the fight. He was trying to get out of the fight. And I, I had no idea. Mm. And I just went, I'm not bothered. If he's, if he's my challenge and I'm the best in the world, mm. I'm fighting him. I don't care who you are, what you've done, who you've beat. You've not done it to me. You're not going to do it to me. Um, you're my number one I'm, if I'm the world champion and I want to be world champion and be proud to be world champion I will beat whoever's put in front of me so that's what I went out and did um, yeah but he was he was tall ranging massive puncher. did you have any hairy moments I know he, he ate you once or twice didn't he yeah, he hit me with a couple um, I remember in first round I clipped him with a shot I hit me with a left hook and it wobbled him just that bit and I stepped forward and this backhand come out like Tommy Earn's backhand came from right arm there came all the way down boom and itching, boom step back not walking onto another one of them mm. <laughs> I just but I'm not walking onto another one of them mm. but learn from mistakes so I never did <laughs> yeah um, I think I dropped him I dropped him in the fourth and then I finished him off in the seventh mm. but it's a great fight and yeah. it's a great fight and everything about the fight is really good. I'll send you this tonight Cheers And When you hear the backstory, story What happened Before that fight It even makes it More impressive mm. And I just think to myself Yeah That's That's my most That's the most dangerous fight That's the fight Where Is I'm Is that you at your could. Absolute peak I would say that's my peak That's the best junior That's ever been um, That That performance That night Especially after what else happened mm. Yeah Right I so b- Floyd Mayweather but he just didn't want the fight, did he? No, he didn't. Um, I was, was it... mandatory for nine months. Yeah. Where I beat. I'm, they were in there were a final limit. I won that. And then it was me versus Floyd. He had six months for the fight to happen. After five and a half months, mm-hmm. he put an extension in. They gave him an extra three months, which he's not supposed to do. Yeah. Why? Because it's Floyd Money Mayweather. Mm-hmm. And they went, well, if we lose you, we've lost a massive chunk of money. Because mm-hmm. that time, it, it was a super. Yeah, he wasn't as big as he is now. Yeah, but he was still a massive. He was still a massive superstar. This is
1: this is after he beat Ricky Hatton. Yeah, and, but before Oscar De La Hoya,
0: wasn't he? Yeah, I think it's two thousand six, two thousand seven, two thousand five. When the fight should have happened, oh, right, realistically, okay. yeah. Um, so that he then vacates, moves up, leaves a vacant title. I get the fight. I get the chance. I box. Um, Chop Chop the Max Callie, former WBO world champion mm. um, the f- odds on favourite um, and we sp- I go in there and I do my job mm. and I beat him it's, and that one isn't a slam dunk crash bang wallop fight it's a mm. technical chess match with power and I clipped him in the fourth round I think I clipped him in the fourth round in an uppercut and you know when you see a punch and it, it doesn't land 100% mm. But it does enough. Mm-hmm. It half landed, it clipped him, and he just went boom. I am not risking one of them landing clean, and he won't come out of his shell. Yeah. Um, I picked him up and beat him. And afterwards, after the fight, I know he, what he said was, "You were just too good. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be that good." So Floyd Mayweather, did you meet him? Have you had many? Um, I've not met him and had proper
1: conversation with him. Mm. No. Does that leave a bad taste in your mouth, though? That you've done everything what was asked of you. You were the mandatory number one. You didn't get there because you were, you know, your fan's favourite and all this. You got there because you'd beaten everyone.
0: I beat everyone and every challenge that were put in front of me. So really, the carpet has been pulled under you, hasn't it? Oh, it definitely was. I look at boxing and I just think, the politics of boxing is horrible at times. Because
1: the year after that... Ricky Hatton, hang on, let me think. Was it thousand back end of thousand, back end of two thousand six, or maybe it was a back end of two thousand seven? Um, Ricky Hatton fights Floyd Mayweather, mm. and 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 unbelievable. So best, money. The
0: best thing with that was, yeah. Ricky always said to me, "The reason I never fight you is because you challenged me at ringside and you badmouthed me." Yeah,
1: which I said you that. Which,
0: as well. which is exactly what he did <laughs> to <laughs> Floyd Mayweather. <Yeah. laughs> Double standards. Yeah. yeah. But Floyd took the fight because he knew you were weak. Where you wouldn't take the fight because you knew I was strong. Because Ricky was coming up a division from to fight Floyd, wasn't he? Yeah. So, so for that's...
3: all of this, do you feel
0: cheated? Um yeah, What? Well, but I'm happy because everything I've done in my life, my boxing career, yeah. I've done it right. Boxing's been good to you, hasn't it? Boxing's given me opportunities. I've seen stuff. I've made some good money. I've not made the millions I should have made. Mm. Yeah, I've still made good money. Um, I'm in a good position. I've got my own gym. Um, I've got a uh, fight. We would organize. We change boots. We um, customize boots. Yeah, so I customize boots. I've got things happening in my life. I've got good misses. Mm. So I'm happy with who I am and what I've achieved. I beat everybody in front of me. I've not ducked anyone. I've not run away from any fights. Everything that you're supposed to do as a champion, I've done.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying I never got beat, because of course I did. Um, But I'm happy with who I am and what I achieved. And it's given me opportunities to go places, see people. I've boxed in America, Germany, Canada, Denmark. Um, I've travelled the world. I've met some really good people. Yeah. And I've... I've been invited to some good stuff.
1: So another Brit you were linked with, and you had the fight, and then he accepted the fight, mm. and then his teams thought, hang on a minute, he, he's not that old, he can move, he can certainly punch. Let's skip this one, was Amir Khan. What yeah. happened there?
0: Amir Khan, 2011.
1: Mm. Um, so this is really when Amir, in fact, Amir Khan was a world champion.
0: I don't even know if it was. I don't know if it was. I yes, can't it was. remember. He it 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 it,
1: it beat um, another one of your mates. Who you beat, Katelnik? K- yeah, he did. So
0: yeah. So it's around that time. Because mm. I put it's, the video it's, it's, on my
1: YouTube channel of you calling. Apparently, it looks yeah. like it's. I think the news have reporting it. Ami has accepted it. So why didn't it happen?
0: Sky. It's it's, it's, too it's much sky. of a risk again. No. Um, well, there's part of that. Um, as far as I understood, because I'm not 100%, what I heard was the fight was agreed, uh, everything was fine. Um, the guy were in charge of Sky Sports at the time... Adam Smith. Um, he said that I did an interview saying I, I wasn't going to make it like welterweight well again, mm. which I wasn't, which I'd done. I said I wasn't going to make it like welterweight well again. Then the May can fight came up and I said, I'm going to do it. Mm. So it was all fine. The money was agreed... Um venue was already set, it was on Skype, it was a pay-per-view, and he pulled the plug, and he turned around, and he said something, the two excuses I heard were, one was that I said, I, I wouldn't make that weight again, and two was, they didn't want two pay-per-views in a month, mm. let me think, which company is going to turn? and give it, you know what, I don't want to make a couple million this month, I'm, I'm all right, I'm all right, <laughs> yeah, so those were the two excuses I heard, now, what happened was, because of that, Khan left Sky Sports yeah. and went with. Um, the other pay per view was level. David Hay and
1: Vladimir Klitschko. Didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. The other pay per view didn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he left Sky Sports and he went with. Oh, what are they call now? Uh,
1: oh, Frank Warrens sort.
0: Um Oh, the German team. No, no, no. no what's the channel call? We can watch pay per view. I can't. I can't think. But I know you mean. Let's mm. Box Box
3: Nation.
1: Never heard of him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So he signed with Box Nation and boxed on the same day against an Irish kid and won. Paul McCluskey. Paul McCluskey. And beat Paul McCluskey. Um, A fight that I almost fought as well, which didn't happen. But I look at it and I thought, because he went with Box Nation, Box Nation is with Frank. Frank and Me and Frank have had ties for years. He knows who I am. He knows what I do. And I think Frank's team turned around and said to him, no, we don't need that fight. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll box Muscisky. Muscisky's an easier fight. It's, a, yeah, it's an easier win. So the took t- fight, and it never got mentioned again. They wouldn't mention my name ever again. So two top elite fighters you met, um, <clears throat> and um,
1: one of them beat Manny Pacquiao. So Tim Bradley. So Manny Pacquiao is probably the greatest fighter ever. He's the only fighter ever in the history of boxing that's won titles in eight divisions so tim bradley that um is. was coming through relatively unknown it was a majority decision um and then you fight who's the other american uh, slippery God. southpaw come on alexander.
0: yeah Devin alexander <laughs> Devin
1: alexander so See, them two fights i totally i'm good with names <laughs> top top elite you can't get any better in your division Tim Bradley. Um, it was the night after Ricky Hatton beat Juan Lescano, and um, Ricky Hatton went very public, and he said, "Tell, G- tell Junior, Witter, I'll give him a job cleaning the stadium."
0: Oh, yeah. so so he that, did. that, that he
1: I read never. that. She yeah, I remember hearing it. God. So you're going into Tim Bradley fight. It's the only fight I think you didn't. You should have pulled out. We would probably go more in the book.
0: Oh, definitely should have pulled
1: out. Uh, he was definitely. I mean, listen. He was an unheard name at the time. But for what he actually went on to do, he's, an, he's unbelievable, really, that you, you got so close because he was a very, very skilled a, he's, fighter.
0: He's very accomplished, very skilled. Um, head like dangerous. a bowling ball. Yeah, head like a bowling ball. Nutted about seven people yeah. in a row and yeah. cut them. In seven fights yeah, in a yes. row. Very dangerous fire. Um, but yeah, I definitely shouldn't have been in a fight. My mind was elsewhere. It's the only fire I've walked at ring and thought, I just want to go home. Yeah. I don't I didn't want to be in the ring. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to go in the ring. Uh I was contracted to do it. You've got to do what you say you're gonna do. Um I felt like my back my arm was twisted up my back. I went into the ring and I just thought, I've already peaked. I know I've peaked. Peaked about two weeks ago. I've got very little left in tank. I'm gonna go in, I'm just gonna box him with him on skillful because I'm technically way better than him. He didn't impress me in, there was nothing about what he did that made me think, this is a dangerous fight, yeah? Yeah, he's a decent puncher. But technically, them punches are not going to land on me. So no matter how big a puncher you are, if you do not land, it doesn't matter. So I looked at him, I looked at his technique, I looked at his style, and I went, yeah, he's, he's good when he stand there and do that. He's very dangerous. Mm. Um, I got in with him, went through motions... Got clipped, went down, got back up. And it was like, oh, a big punch. And I just went, there's nothing in it. It doesn't even hurt. Majority decision. Split decision. Um, Channel 5. So the fight was Channel
1: 5 live back in 2008. I just think, if i have been in
0: Scotland, I'd have won eight rounds. Yeah. Mm.
1: (laughs) So, uh, Devon Alexander as well. That was another. uh, Do you know what? We'll leave that for the book. But do you know what? Boxing is a very unforgiving sport. And fighters who I've met hang around a bit too long. And the faculties are gone. Where you now, you're still a good-looking guy. You're gonna do a gonna do a forthcoming exclusive biography with this very handsome author, who's hated a bit <laughs> as well. <laughs> but um, you know. But looking back on your boxing career, June, you're looking back on it all. You know, looking back now, middle-aged, pipe slippers. Grandad, flat cap, <laughs> you know, proper Yorkshire Grandad. Looking back on your life, do you think, wow, it was all a dream or are you happy? Yes, you could have had the big pay-per-view fights, but you know what? <clears throat> what what I say is British, Commonwealth, European and a world champion. So really, you completed the sport of boxing. There's nothing else you could have done.
0: At the time, I'd, I look at it and I think, yeah, I I did everything that was asked for me. I've achieved it. I've not ducked anyone. I've, n- I've not run I'm happy with what I did in boxing outside the ring. Financially, I should have done a hell of a lot more Mm. and that sometimes great. So every now and then that'll great on me, but realistically I'm happy. I'm happy with who I am and what I achieved. I'm happy where I am in my life. Everybody wants more money, Mm. but I know people who are multimillionaires and and they're completely unhappy. Yeah. And I know a guy who officially achieved a lot, Mm. um, got paid a hell of a lot and he's miserable as out. Mm-hmm. But I remember Ricky, because um, he'd, he'd come into Ingle Gym. Ricky Hatton? Ricky Hatton, when, I can't remember, can't remember it was when he'd all, all his family falling fallen out with him because he fell out with his dad. Cause his yeah, dad yeah, he, yeah. He, it come, went public, him. it was in the books and all this. Yeah, so his dad had nicked some money for him. And he'd come into the gym and he sat there and he went, and his, his missus had just split up for him he'd come mm-hmm. up to Christmas and he had someone sparring someone in Ingle Gym. And he come in and he went, and he just looked down and, what's up? And he just went, what have I got to be happy about? He says, half my family don't speak to me. I've got no misses. I've got a load of money in the bank. And he was sad character. And I just went, you've done what you've done. You're in that position because you're in that position. But you you have actually achieved and you've had loads of... Mm. He's had loads of opportunities. He's met loads of people, met all his idols. He's, he's done everything. Everything's been given to him. Yeah. And he's sat there and he's unhappy. He's, he's like, had Oasis
1: walking up to the ring. He's yeah. had he's had Beckham he- sat there, you know. But <clears throat> can I ask you a question? Do you think there'll ever be a time in your life when you'll sit down, even when you're 70 and you're 80, and you'll have a pint of Ricky Hatton, and you'll go, you, Utter. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have a cuddle and all this. And, or, I don't know, listen... Listen, I think forever, whether you like this or not, and whether Ricky Hatton likes it or not, you are going to be forever linked. There's this kind of bond. And uh, do you know what? I'd still love to see the fight now. You know, Ricky's fighting in July. Uh, I, I would personally love to see that fight in November.
0: So, do you yeah, know I'd, what? I'd, listen, there's no doubt about it. I'd do it. Yeah. Mm. Um, you do it for free. Because you once went public, it's, and you said, I'll fight Ricky Hatton for free. I did. It was on telly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but no, it's it, everyone's paying for what doing. But it's more a case of I'd do it because I'm still, I'm upset. still, me. I'm not upset. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with what I did. I'm, com- I am, what is known as. I've still got that little bit more I can give. Mm. Yeah. So if he wants it, it's there. Mm. But I know he's scared of it. Yeah. I've seen him in gym because I've been, I went to his gym about 2011 2015 2000 I think for the first time I was 11 I think I finished 2000 about 15ish so I've been to his gym a few times I sparred out guys he had mm. yeah, and I so beat them to spar his younger kids yeah and I beat them all up mm. yeah and he had a kid who was supposed to be boxing canelo um he was a light middleweight european champion mm. and I sparred him a few times and I just found it easy mm. yeah and you could see Ricky watching out the corner of his eye and he's like, it burnt him. Mm-hmm. It burnt him. And I just went, <clears throat> it's because you didn't stick up to, you didn't live up to what, who you said you are and that's why you're unhappy with the money you've got. Mm-hmm. Because you said you were this, you said you were for people, you said you give them what they want and you know you haven't. Mm-hmm. So that's what burns him. So I've got to
3: ask the burning question. Mm-hmm. Favourite boxer of all
0: time? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, f- for me the best boxer ever will be Roy Jones Jr yeah um, there's other couple of things that have happened since but realistically he was awkward he was skillful he f- was powerful he was well fast he moved up through weights um, it were things he did when he did them mm. yeah Muhammad Ali, brilliant fighter, love him, a love him, lot, lot of respect, but he just took it to that next level, and it doesn't matter that Pacquiao's won 8 world titles, Mayweather's won 7, 7 different weights I should say, and it's like, it doesn't matter how many, It's what the way he did it was, he went up, beat the best, moved up, beat the best, moved up, moved, jumped weights, moved up to heavyweight, and beat a competent heavyweight world champion. He didn't just He didn't go out then like, right, what's this? What's the crappiest person I can fight? Right, we can get a version of a world title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there was a couple of versions then. Yeah. That, not as many as there is now. But we can do it and say I'm a world champion. No, he went out and he boxed a competent world champion. Who beat it, Evander Holyfield. Yeah. Who was on form. Mm-hmm. And he went out and he... he, he not he only beat him, he hurt him. He stopped him in his tracks. He made him fall. Yeah, and I was like, to give it. I've got to give it to him. Um... I met I met him a couple of times. I remember last time I spoke to him he says I said what fight for you would you have if I've all the fights if that didn't happen what's the fight you wanted that didn't happen and he went Tyson. I was going to ask about Tyson. Yeah. And I just thought ooh. But of course it did happen in an exhibition. Yeah, exhibition is rubbish.
1: Uh, yeah. So 4 years <laughs> 4 years ago 4 years ago today Brendan Ingle God rest him sadly passed. So, you knew him extremely, extremely well. Maybe the greatest, greatest trainer Britain's ever seen is yeah. arguably up there. Yeah, definitely. So, Brendan, he was wacky, he was different, he was unique, he was charismatic, he was, he was a one-off. Tell me some Brendan Ingle stories. Because everyone knows Brendan. Sean doesn't. Sean doesn't have a clue. All of you you is, you know, Sean doesn't even know Scooby-Doo is. Do you know what I I mean? I was in America for 20 years. (laughs) Listen, everyone knows who
0: Brendan Ingle is. Uh, Who was he? Brendan, Brendan was a trainer, coach, a mentor, a friend. And he was a father figure for so many kids. Brendan's life was boxing. But it wasn't just about the champions. It was about the kids coming through who are never going to win an area title. Yeah. Who are never going to box pro. Yeah? So he put
1: as much time in
0: them. He'd as he put did. He put time into the kids who were, on the, who were coming through. There were a kid who used to come in, and he was owning out of trouble. Yeah. Not a bad fighter, to be honest. No confidence. Yeah. But a little bit of ability. Um, got no, no gear, no nothing. Yeah. Scruffy little gear at times. Yeah. And... He put as much time into him as it into Eastern Pickering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he'd give you the help that you needed. Because he put some time into me, but put more into Eastern Pickering. He put more into him. He put more into him because they needed that in their lives. He was just. I just looked at him and I thought, you've got the time, you've got the money. Because he was a multi millionaire. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's. He wasn't bothered about money. He wasn't bothered about... Yeah, he was bothered about success and everybody wants world champions because you, you've got to pay the bills and stuff. But he put time into people who needed it. You need that much. I'll forgive you that much. You need that. You needed a little bit. You need a little bit. But he'd give you enough. He'd tell you stories about stuff that happened with Slugger O'Toole, mm. Johnny Nelson, Nas, when they went around the world. And he'd show you an experience. Gray, that. That and- yeah, Yeah, yeah. And I just think he was such a giving man. Yeah, um, he, cared. Mm. he cared. He cared. That's what I says about trains being your best friend. Mm. He, well, your manager being your best friend because he was part of, manager for, for part of my career. Um, he cared about me. Mm. He wasn't, as much as he wanted me to succeed and achieve what I wanted, I've seen him say to a fighter who wanted to do something, who had, who had some money, and he just went, It's time to pack up. Mm. He went, You're just starting to get hit too often. You're getting caught in sparring. Pack up now. Yeah, I don't want you to box again. Yeah, because you're going to get seriously knocked out.
3: Do you find that
0: people don't, who don't retire at the right time yes. re- run a high risk of brain damage? It's a higher risk. Higher risk. It's a higher risk, definitely. Um, it depends on how... But with this kid, it, what he did was exactly what Brendan told him not to do. Brendan told him to retire. He went. He, he left. It's because Brendan said, you're not, sport, you're not boxing with me again. I'm not being part of your career. Because... It's hard to do that to someone. Mm. It's very hard. And he but what he did was, what Brennan's trick was, whenever he did that with someone, he'd sit him down and he went, Junior, come and sit here beside of me.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Um, right, and then, and then, and I'd just be sat there giving it, What am I here for? And he went, You're my witness. Mm. And he and he took it to pack up.
1: So he was very clever, he's very astute, wasn't he? Yeah, very very him rinse him. Keep yeah. I mean he, he kind of he kind of done something but he was thinking three or four moves ahead wasn't he
0: Yeah.
1: And should there be a statue built in him because he'd done so much for the community of Sheffield didn't he he did Sheffield definitely
0: should do some Winkerbank some, is it there Winkerbank Listen, they've named the street after him have they really yeah the Brendan England Way, the street next so it's in front of his house mm. um, so the street goes down his houses there and perpendicular mm. that's the street what's named after him which is at side at gym because he lives basically, mm. to Texas. a stone. Yeah, you I mean, throw, you throw a stone into, you could throw a stone across the road and hit his house. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean,
1: what you, what was unique to your gym? I think it was the only gym in Great Britain that you could have went in and Nassim Ahmed, Bomber Graham, Johnny Nelson, Kelbrook, Brook, uh, John Saxton, you know, there could be like seven champions training all in one. Do you know
0: if what I mean? If you went into that unbelievable. gym, through that period when I went through some... Ninety six, two thousand five ish. Yeah, you walked in that gym. If you didn't bump into someone who was at least a British champion, yeah. you were very unlucky. You in the wrong gym. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were extremely unlucky. You walked no. in when no one's in because the gym must have been empty. Yeah, because there was Johnny, there was Ryan, there was me, there was Keaton, there was facing Ke- eh? Keaton, Bust, John Buster Keaton,
1: yeah. Ishan Pickering, Kid Galahad. Um, I mean, there was there's a lots of different fact. Richard Towers. What
0: okay. um, Kid Galahad, Danny yeah.
1: Teasdale? He was a top fighter, top amateur, top amateur as a kid when I was um, about. Um, so there was it was Kim, lit- Kid
0: Galahad when he came through was when I really noticed him. We were like 13. Billy Joe Saunders
1: spent a the time there.
0: Yeah, mm. Barry was in trouble a lot. Brendan spent a lot of time with him, mm. brought him, kept him away from trouble, talked him into being a better human human being. Yeah, talked him to seeing. Yeah we know what he does that and we know he does that and he's involved in this and he's involved in that. Don't get involved with it. Come away from that lot. Get involved in boxing. Spend your time. I remember Brendan brought when when Barry first walked in gym. Kidding hard. Um Brendan made him do lines for four hours just on footwork.
1: Explain. Explain to the viewers what lines now, is. Now, footwork <coughs> is
0: uh, so you're basically going there's a couple of lines on gym. And, Paint, painted floor. Yeah. So you move across in set maneuvers, and it's boring as mm. it boring gets, it's a boring as boring as boxing gets, mm. yeah. And Brendan used to make him sing a song as well, oh, we pink just, and yellow. And we did, some we yeah. songs, I still do that, <laughs> <some time. laughs> yeah. And they don't like it, and dancing we never did, and all this and dancing, singing, Irish dancing. Oh, no, yeah. I've done that with Brendan, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've done that. Um, but it was just with the lines, you just repeat. And practice your basics. So your straight jabs, your left shots, your one shot, uh, your left hooks, your right. So you just move up and down the line, practicing certain moves, but it's extremely boring. So you go up and down twice, three times, like the third time you're bored, and then you use, and it kept, made him do it for four hours. Mm. Just, is that just, just almost to test discipline. your discipline? Discipline. Yeah. 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 It's almost to uh, break him as well, isn't it? It's, and it was. It, it get him into the system. This is what you need to do if you want to be champion. Mm. Yeah. And Barry did it. And Brendan was very happy. Um, and then from then, he spent time with him. He says, if you're willing to give me that, I will put this into you. And he helped Barry out, talked to him, educated him, just general life. Right, well, if that person's going to do that, we okay. In two years, he's going to be in prison. No, he's not. He's he's good when this and that. To his ladies he's in prison. I remember Brendan saying to me in 99... Yeah, Floyd Mayweather will move up from super featherweight all the way to welterweight and maybe light middle and win world titles in all weights. He said that then? He said that in 99. So
1: in 2006, 2007, Brendan went public, because I found this the other night. Brendan, to quote Brendan Ingle, said, Junior Witter would stand Floyd Money Mayweather on his head. So that was Brendan Ingle. That's how much faith and confidence he had in you that you were going to beat him. Now, whether whether that would have happened, I don't know. But (laughs) yeah, but do you know what? The people who give uh, Mayweather the most problems was the people like Zab Judah with your style. So I definitely
0: think you would have caused him kittens for half a for half a fight. I'd have done more than that. The thing was, he's on Mayweather's on record as saying his most hard fight for how many years, was a guy called Emmanuel Augustus. Burton. Yeah. Emmanuel Augustus. He changed yeah. his name as well. Yeah. Um, Emmanuel Augustus. And he's known as the Drunken Mass. If you ever Google the Drunken Mass of boxing, you'll see him. Yeah, he's
1: unbelievable. It pretends
0: like he's drunk. So one minute he's boxing, <laughs> then he's got his down here, then he's up here. But he
1: passes out. Almost. You've never seen... Then he has a bottle of white lightning. And he's got, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've never ever seen anything like him. Uh, and, and he's like... People are
0: People <laughs> struggle to deal yeah. with him. And Floyd's gone and down. He's the hardest person he's ever boxed. Yeah. yeah. And he is what's techni- what they technically call what they call these is as a top class journeyman. Mm. You couldn't Only even the had- elite beat him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a gatekeeper. Yeah. But for me he does a lot of the stuff I do. Mm. But he hasn't got the power. He hasn't got the finish. He hasn't mm. got that that little bit of NASA spite streak. you need. Yeah. yeah. And he doesn't punish people enough. So I look and I just think, well, he does a lot of stuff I do. Mm. And I do vice versa, yeah? Not, not because we've studied each other, just because that's how we've developed, yeah? And I went, but I'm more aggressive. I'm, I'm more ruthless. And I'll finish him. And i Because we looked at Mayweather, fight, obviously costed. And I looked at shots that I would throw against Mayweather in certain circumstances. And I just went, but I'd just do that, mm. yeah? And I know I'd do it because i do it. Not because... I've seen people say, "Yeah, I'm just gonna hit this. I'm to hit. You. I hit Johnny with this shot, and then Johnny Nelson just moved out of the way because it's predictable. The shots I throw aren't as predictable. They are extremely effective. So when it comes to it, I'm very confident I would have beat Floyd. Hmm. But I think it would an absolutely brilliant fight.
1: Hmm. I've I've just had a flashback <clears throat> to the end of 2007, so boxing News interviewing Junior Witter, and they said, Junior, what's your what's your best punch of 2007 Do you know what he said? He said the punch that Floyd with the left check left hooked him and made Ricky Hatton run into the um Head Post. Head post and, and, and post. knock himself out and the the backlash and hate you got off that was unbelievable. <laughs> but that but that's that's, yeah. that's a microdot of what kind of things he put out to the public so of course people were like oh, I can't stand that Junior because everyone was in love with Ricky Atten but you know said, did you do what, that for
0: a reaction um, part of it was we were talking about Ricky Atten because Ricky Atten I think he retired around then yes he said, I said years. what's what's the most memorable thing about Ricky Atten I went <laughs> yeah. when he went ahead he with the poster because that <laughs> that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> it had just happened I'd just seen it I'd watched it the day before mm-hmm. boom and I just went that's funny that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's like but someone said, "Well, you felt like you went through ropes," and I went, "I did, Superman. No one else does it like me. Yeah, I owe my mistakes. Yeah, and I owe what what <laughs> happens. Um, and if you want to bring it up, bring it up. Yeah, you, I, you just is.
1: brought that up. I've just totally forgot about that. But so you fought in the prize fight in 2015. Uh, let me think. So it was a final against a guy called Kamachi or something like that. Yeah. So say, what, I think not. you throw a punch. He moves and he goes right there through the rope and out the ring." so is it god kind of like kind of looking after a cap and said you humiliated him have this because <laughs> that was a proper and it looked look like you hurt yourself as well
0: um a little bit the thing wasn't <laughs> modest i'll send
1: you tonight <laughs>
0: um i had the fight because it was like price fight. So the first fight yeah. i pulled my shoulder yeah and really i almost dropped out the second fight because my shoulder then that happened in the third fight and i know what it was I, over, I over-exaggerated. I over-stepped my fight. I got my weight on just over my front foot a little bit too much and the canvas slipped at the same time. Mm. Uh. So it's one of those where your canvas is tight, you falls down, boom. Mm. But if, you put, if you're on the mat and you put your weight on your mat and the mat slips, that's what happened, which pushed me forward even more. And then I just ended up going further forward as he sidestepped a little nudge. And I went through Robs, took cameraman out. Jump back up, jump back at me in seven seconds. Was the cameraman all right? He's not talked to me since. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um. now you finish, you're retired. Do you want to say it to the public, listen? Because I spoke to John Spenceley, middle of boxing and promoter years ago, and he said, Do You know, I was, because he's on the same bill as uh, Muhammad Ali, which was Cassius Clay then. And he said, Do You know what, Jamie? He said, I was talking to him, and I thought, What a lovely man he was. And then the cameras come. This was when he fought Henry Cooper. And he said, as soon as he opened the door, he put like a cape on and turned into a different one. So to all the people out there who've seen Junior Witter, turned up at press conferences, humiliating Ricky Hatton, doing all the things that people might not like. Was that you or was it not you or were you putting a mask on?
0: Listen, within boxing, you've got to have a personality, a persona. And that was what I was given. And it's not a case of I got to choose what I wanted to do. That was the only thing that was left for me to do. So I did that and do whatever you do to the best of your ability. Mm. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. Um People don't understand how quiet I am. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, do I get nervous? Because I get nervous with stuff. But you just gotta get on with stuff. So Um Yeah, everybody has doubts, this and niggas and that, but I'm I'm just a guy. Mm. So In the ring, under the spotlight, talking boxing, my persona comes out. Mm. Yeah? And I get big, because I was that good. Yeah. Yeah? I was that. I had that ability, and I did that. But put that when at the ring, that goes on the shelf. Not forgetting, you were a kid from a council estate in Bradford
1: who thought, you know what, I'll give this boxing game a go. I might be a British champion. So then... Went to the Commonwealth level above, European level above. Versions of a low world title, which is probably levels above. And then the big one. So you probably done everything you ever thought you could have
0: achieved. But looking back, are you happy now? Yeah, I'm still happy with who I am. I'm still happy what I achieved. I would have liked more recognition for what I achieved. Because yeah. that fight, when I boxed Jan Bergman, mm. the world number three... Yeah. We're on a Naz bill in Manchester. Naz gets double bridge. Was it a 4 fight? I don't even know. Yeah, it was. I, I wasn't. Manchester. I do not care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not bothered about Naz at that point. Naz yeah. does whatever. Naz is doing his thing. <laughs> so Naz has got double play spread. All of the fights come through. Down column, down column. The last little bit, two little lines. Like mm. that big. Two little lines saying, Junior you know where to beat... Junior Witter beat Jan Bergman, six rounds to nil. Mm. That was it. Wow. So imagine that. yeah. I'm boxing the number three in the world, uh, three days' notice, two, three days' notice, and I get two lines saying I've won. Mm. There's no commentary. Is that the Sheffield star? Um, no, that Boxing News. Mm. And Sheffield star as well. Um, I don't think they give me much more than that. But you've got to look at it as... Sky didn't even show the fight. So they recorded it. Because it was it was a fight they wanted to hype up because they wanted to showcase this post, um this opponent mm. for a future possible opponent for Ricky. Mm. Yeah. Um or no they had a Costa Zoo fight. That was supposed to be his next fight was supposed to cost, mm. was Costa Zoo for the world title rematch. Or oh, Zab Judah. So they were building him up for that, so they were get they had the press for it. Yeah, going out and world scene, they said to me, Yeah, we recorded it because we were I remember at Ringside recording it, them recording fights, so did that and they went, Yeah, we sent it over to we sent it over to South Africa and we've not we've not we've not transformed transferred it into format that'll play on British free TV and we're not going to. Hmm. So when he face fits you get the right proper list press. So what, what do you think? Oh, go on. Do
3: oh, no, do you want to go first? I'm feeling polite <laughs> What today.
2: do you think about all these superstar YouTubers <laughs> like Jake Paul, Logan Paul, fighting or calling out famous boxers, Floyd versus, was it Jake Paul?
0: i tell you what. I've got a Sunday team that I play with in park and I'm going to call out Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why should you? Why should you be allowed, no matter how many fans you've got, To be allowed to box Mm -hmm. a quality opponent, yeah. Why should you be earning? I understand the the business side of it, yeah. But why should you be allowed to earn that much money when you're that poor and they are that poor, yeah? Um... Well,
2: they're bragging they've made more than any professional boxer. that's That's
0: that's the annoying part of it. It's it's true. A lot of them have earned more than ninety nine point nine 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 percent of fighters. But he has he has made a fortune because he's been doing it since he was a kid, Jake Paul.
1: Jake Paul. Did, so, he, flag,
2: did, he, beat, did he beat Floyd, beef? Did he
1: it? No, yeah. it was his brother who had an exhibition. Oh, okay. But he has he has actually made multi millions. So right. so this is this is no joke. That yeah. guy is seriously rich. Yeah? yeah. But um yeah, Jen, your no question. is one of them fighting
2: Mike Tyson as well? Oh, it's not been confirmed. <laughs> It's
1: not not
3: but, confirmed. No, no, no. But gone. it was just uh, so. In the whole of your boxing career, have you any regrets?
0: Um, there's, a, there's always things you tweak. Mm. Yeah, if you go back in your life, you go through. Yeah, I just tweaked that. I just, I wouldn't have done that. Quite then, I'd done it a week before. I'd Done that week. Yeah, if I look at fights, the um, if I look at when I lost my world title, that's the biggest change I would have made. Yeah, so that wouldn't have happened the way it happened, yeah. Because I would have said the pressure that I'm on, and the head of the WBC actually turned around and says, "If I'd have known that, yeah, the fight wouldn't have happened." Mm.
1: That's what the head of WBC was that said. It's just just Solomon was there.
0: No, no, it was his Dad. So was now time he passed, you've
1: been <clears throat> you've been asked by a lot of people to do your book. I'm glad you haven't, because uh, obviously I've. I've had it in my head, to go do it for a year. So, Junior Witter, The Avoided, The Clues in The Name. So, why now, though? Why, when you're kicking on for 50, and I'm making you look really old here. Excuse me? I'm 22. No, but I, I, think, I think it's the right time. I think if you'd have done it earlier, it would have been, because you've still got chapters, Where now, you know... Is it complete? Unless... unless I think it is. Unless, Ricky Hatton, if you're watching... November, but other than that, the avoided. I'm lo- I'm really really looking forward to it. I'm gonna put my head, um, get stuck into it. We're gonna spend about twenty hours in the next couple of weeks together, and uh, and then just basically get all the
0: highs, the lows, the laughs, the the badness, yeah. you know. And it's your life. I'd, listen, I'd look at someone said to me. I remember someone saying to me. He says, since after my first loss after Zab Judah loss, he went, you've had seven years unbeaten, or whatever it was. And he went, that is longer than most people's careers. Yeah. Yeah, he says, most people's careers is, realistically, five years. Yeah. Somewhere around about five years. He went, and realistically, I boxed for 20, I turned, term- I was pro for 20 years. What the hell? Yeah. Um, I turned pro in 97. I packed up myself in 2008. I mean, 2018, um, because I boxed in 2015. I You're never so retired within that, within that period, throughout that career. I never didn't train. I was always competitive and ready for a fight and trying to stay ready for a fight. It got to 2018, and I just went, if it gets to my birthday, it's been two years since I boxed. I've been trying to get a British title fight again. Border control don't want to give me, give, give me the shot. Um, Is that because of your age, though? Oh, it was politics. Yes. He was, was kissing Frank's ass. Um, I should have boxed. Bradley Skeet, was it around It was Bradley Skeet, and the other one was. Uh, oh, God. What's I mean, Pete McDonough never got He was around. No. Um, <laughs> but around that time, Bradley Skeet, anyway. Yeah. And I wanted that fight. Mm. And he, just, he says, Yeah, you've. But since your last fight, you've not boxed anyone. Really? But my last fight was a European title. What, well, I got robbed according to you? Because talking to Robert Smith and Robert Smith says, yeah. you were robbed in that fight. We Because should... there should have been a complaint gone in what didn't go in. He went, yeah, you didn't put this, you didn't do this, this, right? So it's like, okay. Pull... Pulling strings on me still. Um, but I deserve a British title fight. Since my last fight was a European, and in your own words, I got robbed. So why cut a box for the British in my next fight? Uh, you need to have another four-rounder first. Hmm.
1: So, so that's like four rounder is where everyone starts off in boxing. So imagine climbing Everest, right? Imagine the biggest mountain in the world. You've done it. You've achieved everything in your life. And then you think, ah, oh, do you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. No, 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 no. You've got to go and climb Eston Hills and Middlesbrough. That's what it would be like.
0: A four round. that's an insult really. Ten sets back. Oh, um, it's back at the beginning. He says, you've got to, you've got to at least a four rounder within so long before we'll, we'll let you box up British. And I'm just like, but I, you've got other world champions who will come back after two years out yeah. boxing for a world title. Ricky Hatton three years out. Yeah, but I've got to come back and box in a just a general fight against some journeyman because that's what you're talking about. Mm. Before you let me box for the British, and I'm as good as I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, proper insult. So I was still fight trying to get other fights. Um, and when I got to 2018, I just went if. I've got nothing penciled in by March. I'm done. So it got to my birthday and I went, yeah, that's 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 me done. Um I was coaching at the time. So I was working in at that time I was working in Ingle gym before I set me own gym up. Um I was running that amateur gym. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've done I've achieved I've British Commonwealth European and WBC. All the major steps taken. Won all the belts. So... Defending him. Yeah, and I'm happy. Mm. I'm happy with what I did. British title twice. So...
2: Even though you were happy, though, it was there like a slight pain to detach? Yeah. After uh, de- putting decades in.
0: Yeah. Um, but I think because... What I did, what a lot of fighters don't do. Because some fighters, they finish and they stop. And then they think, what am I going to do with the rest of my life?
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. And... What happens is I was speaking to um, John Murray the other day and or the month I should say, and what he said what he said back then was simply says I was getting phone calls all day, all the time. Do you want this, John? Do you want that? Do you want me to do this for you? Do you want me to do that for you? Yeah. And John went blind in one eye, so his career was over. Is he really? Yeah, fully he's, blind. He's, he's not fully blind. It's it's partial. It's partially blind in one eye. And if you see him, it looks it looks brilliant. His eye. Yeah, because it just comes, his pupil just comes down and he, I like it, it's a little, but the reality of it, no thank you. So he can see shapes through it, mm. he can see colours, but he can't. What he said is, through one of his eyes, he can make out if there's someone there, mm. but he struggled to distinguish between a man and a woman. Mm. Yeah, and that was rough. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of rough. So just so Kree was always says, the day that happened and I retired, the phone stopped ringing. Really? Yeah, people stopped asking if I need anything. But, and he says, he's now in a good place, he's got his own gym, he's, he's doing something with himself, he says, but he says he, he couldn't believe the way it went from that interest to, Mm-hmm.
1: It's
3: funny how people drop you. That's what uh, I
1: said, yeah. it's an and, extremely unforgiving sport.
0: Um, he's, managed, he's, found, he's, he's found himself, he says he's felt like we box boxing for a bit, he came back, he's doing his own gym now so he's, he's feeling alright about himself and who he is. Um... And he made good money for what he achieved. But a lot of fighters don't have that ability where it stopped one day and they don't know what they're doing. Mm. Because I kept training, I was always fit, I stayed in the gym, I began began training amateurs when I was fifteen. But I always thought in my head, when I retire, I'm going to coach. Yeah. I mean, I'm not bothered about managing. Um I'm just going to coach fighters. Yeah. And I always intended I'd probably work in Ingle Gym, help coach fighters coming through. After Brendan Brendan passed, it, just before Brendan passed, the, the management of running the Ingle Gym, it all just went... There were too many cooks in, spoiler mm-hmm. bro, and became too many problems. And I was a scapegoat for people to point a finger at. Yeah. And I just went, well, it's not working. Um... I'm doing do personal training elsewhere. Some of the stuff i have been doing, and I just went right. Well, okay. Well, you're happy doing that. I'm going to go elsewhere, and I went and did my own thing. Mm. And I've never looked back. It's 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 good. I'm I'm happy. Um, I've got I've got an amateur Dom hunt who's the central area middle welterweight champion. Um, I've got a couple of the pros. who I think they're going they're going to come through okay. And I've got two amateurs. I've got a kid at the minute who's 15. He's 94 kilos. And he's 6'8. Jesus. Well, he's going to be brilliant. Wow. He's absolutely going to be brilliant. As long as he keeps progressing the way he's progressing, he's had, he's had one. He's got another one coming up. Not tomorrow, actually. Um, so I think he's got a massive future ahead of him. I've got another kid at 13, Farhan Rashid. He's he's had four. He's one four. R- really good. Um, it's, like eight, it's like 40 kilos at the minute. But he's going to be brilliant. He's got potential going out of weight. And there's others in the gym. I just picked them two out because I've got their stats in my head. Um, where I think these people could come through and be world champions. As long as they've progressed, the way they're progressing, staying at it. So I'm thinking So it's like five years with him, six years with him before they turn pro then when they turn pro is another five year project so I'm like I've got I've got things I'm doing mm. I'm happy I've, I've got a plan what I'm doing for next so that's another 10 years aren't right oh, so my, my, my mate um, he always says you're doing it the Brendan Ingle Alec Allen way you're tech. well you're taking the amateurs bringing the amateurs through turning them pro making them into champions help guide their lives and I'm like and he says it's the hard way because you look at people like Dave Colwell, who've come along set up a gym, got good contacts, so he's talking to the elite fighters who are actually they've had the tr- they've done they've done all the basics already mm-hmm. they've learnt their style, and then he's just coming along and giving a little tweak and like taking all the credit for training them and mm-hmm. turning him into champions like well the work, work was really done by that person, that mm-hmm. person, and that person. I'm not saying Dave hadn't helped. But the real work was done by that that group over there. You're just a little sprinkling on top. Mm-hmm. Within the whole the process of making a cake, you're just sprinkling on top. It doesn't make the cake. So for me, I like putting the work in. I like to see people progress. I've got kids who are going to come through and they're never going to do anything. But I'm helping them become better people. Yeah, I may, I'm telling kids, right, go to college, get that degree. He's yeah? like, I've got exams coming up, right, don't train for a month. Go in there, do your study, do your revision, pass your exams. Yeah, get your driving test passed. Um, the one of kids who was with me in Ingle, Jamie's come through. It was with me before lockdown, um, trained for a bit, and then he's an engineer, and he's been, he's been, and he's a good. He's, right now, he'd be a great fighter. Yeah, but he's had that bit of time out because of lockdown. He's had a bit more time out. Um, he's done his studying in. He's done his apprenticeship. He's just got a really good job in engineering. And I'm so happy for him. Because mm. oh, wow. that's a success. That's
3: so for the viewers,
0: <laughs> 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 do you have any messages for all the youngsters? Yes, I said youngsters out there thinking about getting into boxing. Um, it's a brilliant thing to learn. It teaches you discipline, respect, self-control, self-worth. Yeah. For people who are shy, people who haven't got a lot of confidence. Um People just want to be healthy. Yeah. It's really good. There's a lot of aspects to boxing. People always concentrate on the negative. The positives from boxing are absolutely unbelievable. Yeah? And just use it for what you need for you. Yeah. It's a sport, it's it's a tool, it's a stepping stone. Yeah, it's it's not always you're not all gonna be world champions, you're not all gonna be British champions. But if it helps you get to that next level gives you that discipline to do that studying to pass that degree to get that job as a teacher to get that job as an engineer yeah to find the the motivation to drag yourself out of bed in the morning gives you that it can really help with that sort of discipline and that's the really good stuff boxing does yes and if you become world champion you make stupid amounts of money exactly
2: (laughs) so if people want to reach out to you or inquire about your gym are you on the socials or website
0: um yep uh what's it called now
1: well he's got a page called junior the avoided i'm on it juniors on it um or your missus on it i think it's so you can get all the junior on facebook the avoided because obviously that's the title of the book very very fitting as well um you are on instagram yeah yeah my
0: instagram i look at it i am not very active yeah but i do look at and i do see stuff um the Facebook if you're around Rotherham and you want to come to the gym, uh Witters Boxing Club, that's the other one. Um between me and the misses and one of some of my coaches, so we all replied to on that. Um I've got switch customs, um, which me and my business partner, Aaron do that. So if you're looking for want some boots jazzing up, yeah, that's what that's what that's really good for. So go go through that on that. So all the links will
2: be in the description box below this video, as will the links for Jamie
0: Boyle, who has
2: kindly arranged this interview
1: today. Well, Check he, out this Warcraft Cry Publishing Channel. I'm kind of the pimp, and I'm this this, this this is my red light, and Junior's my, I'm getting out of my uh, commodity.
0: Well, well chosen. <laughs> <laughs> <Shall> we finish <laughs> that on the fist pump then. Cheers, Junior. Cheers.
2: gravfly press is proud to announce the publication of big joe egan the toughest white man on the planet and that statement came from none other than mike tyson who wrote the introduction to the book if you want to check it out the link is in the description box below the video it's got almost five stars on amazon and it is mind-blowing stories of joe's rise in boxing you've got the crime story of what went down at the pub the war at the pub, Joe's incarceration and how the toughest white man on the planet could not be held down, how he rebuilt his life. He's gone from strength to strength and what he's, you know, you can see right now what he's doing all over the world. So links will be in the description box, below the video. Thanks for watching.
3: And if you want to see the full podcast, it's on our channel now.
2: In which he talks about Michael Francis, Tyson and loads of big names that he's worked with. Fascinating stories. Check it out. So, the book, Big Joe Egan, Toughest White Man on the Planet, is available in all three formats audio, ebook, and paperback worldwide on Amazon. Link in the description box.